Hello. Hello. I am so excited. I mean, I really hope, uh, I mean, I know Raymond read. I am so excited. I really like this story. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm glad we ended up doing it. I really, really liked it a lot. It was really interesting. It was a lot of fun. I feel like I get your preference utilitarianism stuff now. Really? Like, that feels, cool. I feel like, I feel like I could hear, like, why, where, I don't know if there was any relation between reading this and that idea or hmm. anything, but I just feel like, like the way, like, you think about how, um, like what what the the computer needs to do is to like respect the wishes of people. It just reminded me of your right. Fair enough. Yeah, that's what cool. I saw there. Um, I thought it was kind of neat. When did you like? How did you stumble upon this? Like, what is this? Oh god, like? I don't even fucking remember. I think I was looking for for like. I think I was looking for like stuff related to something I'd read that um, I found some suggestions and this was one of them. And okay. it's very good. Um, yeah, it is. Holy shit. Like, this is... I was just not... I mean, I was not expecting this at all. Like, mm-hmm. I really wasn't. Like, I, I mean, I didn't even know what it was about, honestly. Yeah. No, it's, it's very good. Um, How long ago did you read it? Oh fuck! I don't even know. Um, it, it's been a it's been a while. I mean, I read it again, but you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't I don't actually remember. Yeah, how long it was since I like first read it. Damn. Maybe a couple yeah, of I years, mean, honestly. That shit, like. I don't know. I love how it became like Amprim at the end. That was so I funny. You know, right? I thought, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I do think I have some issues. I mean, it's like a, like the way Caroline was written. I feel like it's just, I don't know. She just feels like, like she's a strong, independent woman, but it's like, it's almost like a caricature, like a very extreme presentation <laughs> of like what like a badass chick is like, you know? Like a strong independent woman, but ex- except ex- except to an absurd extent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> huh. I, Baby, I mean, yeah, we're talking about Caroline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd see that. Like, I remember reading it, and like, I mean, like. Oh my god, this is so, maybe this is really crazy, but like, I kind of like related to her a little bit. Mm. Like, in the sense, like, she was almost like a caricature of how I aspire to be myself. Mm. You know? Like, ultra mega competent about like everything, but like also just doing her own thing. You know? But, um, I mean, obviously, like, there are things that I don't like. Like, I mean, um, I mean, she was obviously extremely disillusioned with the way things are. And granted, like, understandably so. Yeah. But, I like, fucking love her origin. So that's just cool as hell. It is. What do you mean? Oh, just with being, like, just an, an absurdly old person. Like, one of the oldest people alive at the time. And then, like... So oh, coaches. yeah. Hey! You didn't do the hey. reading, though. What are you doing selling me out right now? Fuck off. You bitch, right. you you should be doing the reading. I totally it's do good. The reading. What do you mean? 
It's so good, dude. It's really good. You're missing out. What? Okay, I was confused, though. Was it Prime Intellect or... Yeah, it was yeah. Prime Intellect. That, that's okay, what we had in the like, leading, like, list, didn't we? I'm pretty sure I read that a long time ago. Oh, really? Oh, nice. Yeah. Um... Well, I was just saying how we were talking about how Caroline, like the main character, like about her. I was saying how she feels like a caricature of like a strong, independent woman. Um, but I think like the fact that she was really old and on her deathbed, like, I mean, it's obviously important to the story, but like, oh yeah. I mean, that, um, perspective, I mean, I feel like that gives you perspective. And there were so many ideas that I feel like he didn't go in depth on that he could have. Like, I feel like, Hmm. For instance, the whole antinatalist thing, totally, like, with a little bit of that, like, I think, like, it briefly mentioned when she, when Caroline was talking about how she told her descendants and they understood very quickly, mm-hmm. like, and so that was the last of her descendants, and, like, he didn't go any farther in depth, but I'm pretty sure he was implying that, like, she convinced them that you should not have children anymore, it's immoral to have children in this, um, reality. Was hmm. that, did you guys get that? Um, I'm not sure. Oh. Like, yeah, I, I didn't, I, I, I didn't really notice actually that much on, on like the animalism stuff. I, I, maybe I just misinterpreted that or so. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really get okay. that. Okay. All right. So this was from let me see, a chapter three. Um. Um. Her first great-great-grandchild had been born shortly before the change, and in one of her rare lucid moments, her granddaughter, Cynthia was it, had managed to make her understand, and she had found an instant of happiness in the midst of the pain. So, like... That doesn't sound... Wait. ...antinatalist to me. That sounds like she was really happy that she had a grandkid. Oh, wait a minute. For some reason, I remembered this completely wrong. I I thought after this point, like... Oh, never mind. I completely mis- I mean, Grant, I was, like, super stoned when I read this. I'm not gonna lie to you. Fair. But, like, I thought it was, like, that her first great-great-grandchild had been shortly before the change, and then, like, well, I, for some reason, what I remembered was, like, that was her last descendant, like, of all, and, like, oh. we didn't have kids anymore after that. That's what I remembered happened. I mean, which I would un- that, that might have been, that might have been her last descendant, but if it was, it's because, ev- it's because everyone became computerized, then. That makes sense, then. That explains a lot about the DM's messages last night. <laughs> I, I thought they were nonsensical, but I thought it was just normal uh, freedom nonsense. <laughs> nah, stone freedom nonsense. Way better. It was a little extra, yeah. Um, okay. Also, thought- you acting like the labor theory of value is cringe and... General, I mean, it is. Tree, man. It is. It, it is. But the thing is, like, it has its. No, it has its use. It's not meant to be applied to literally everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's no. like the dialect acting like it's meant to be put onto everything is stupid as shit. Did you read that book house thing that Milcom this like article? Because like Milcom, we're reading Capital now. He's told me to stop reading Sublime. Idea of ideology, so because he thinks capital is more important. Oh, it is. And bro, I thought we were gonna read that as like a reading club, though. Cringe. We are. <laughs> we're gonna read it multiple times. 
Oh, I mean, we, come on, we've got to we've got to get it into into Freedom's head properly, you know, right? We've got to yeah. fully indoctrinate her. <laughs> freedom means multiple means. <laughs> what? Freedom needs to read through it multiple times. <laughs> I mean, doesn't everybody though? Oh, I'm shit posting. Yeah, everyone does. Yeah. It's just uh, haha. HD freedom exists. Joke. <laughs> Free dumb, as in free dumb dumb. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha, I get the yeah. joke. Um, did you get the joke? I don't know, did I? I'm not really sure. Can you explain that one one more time? <laughs> okay. Raymond, um, yeah. did you have any... Wait, wait, actually, I want to clarify one thing. I thought that they could have kids, though. So that you can't, they couldn't, you couldn't have children in the... Cyberspace? I didn't get the impression that they want to have I children. didn't get that impression either. I feel like that... Like, I, for some reason, I remember, like, they talked about, like, the really religious folk who, like, kept having kids. Hmm. Oh, maybe they did that. Oh. And I'm pretty sure it was allowed. It was just that, uh... Most people did like... Yeah. It was, like, kind of taboo. That's the impression I got. Yeah, I just, um, I'm trying to find, um, I'm trying to figure out a keyword to find that section that it would be in. Probably in the first one, I guess. Where, like, he goes to the, um, or she goes to visit the guy who is, like, not that great of a death jockey or whatever. Oh, the kid? Yeah. That's, like, really early on, isn't it? Yeah. yeah like, where like... is... Where is it? Like, where he... Like, she, like, goes to, like, meet him or something? Or does she... Like, goes to meet him and, like, at his place or some shit. Yeah. Wait, Timothy Carroll was born to Orthodox Catholic parents. Okay, I want to see... Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is right at the beginning. Um, let me see here. Um... Huh. I thought there was something about how they kept having kids. <laughs> hey, what the fuck? <laughs> I really don't believe anyone is that retarded. Okay, but to be fair, it is huh? a Discord screenshot, so... I mean, I'm pretty sure that was, I'm pretty sure that was literally intentional. Going on. I, surely, yeah, surely, hopefully. It, I mean, yeah. I, I don't oh, remember that person like being excruciating. Shit, are you driving again? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what am I not driving? I just want to drive for God's sake. I'm using, uh, like, wireless headphones, so that might be why I sound like shit. Oh, yeah, that's probably why. Because you sound worse than usual. Thanks, BB. 
I don't know. Maybe I just literally made that shit up. That is entirely possible. Yeah, I know it is. Um, Maybe Freedom got, got, like, twice as much out of this because she just, as everyone else, just, like, from <laughs> making up shit <laughs> she thought was in it. Okay, but, uh, like, can you have kids in cyberspace? I think that's a legitimate question. Yeah. Um, and in addition to that, should you? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Does your um, stance on antinatalism change if you're in, in cyberspace? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I'd have to think on that. And I actually have some thoughts about how I would approach life if I was in cyberspace, you know, because um, I feel like based on the current, you know, moral system or whatever I have now, I would need to love that situation like I would need to be happy in it or strive to be happy in it you know that's like you know sort of like Camus absurdism one must imagine this was happy like that's the kind of attitude I would need to take if I was in the situation and I actually reflected for a moment on like what that would feel like because my initial obviously my initial reaction is a complete revulsion at this situation. Um, But, I mean, if you think about what it would be like if people, rather than, like, like, I mean, because a lot of the negative negativity surrounding this situation is, like, because of the way we are now, the way we think now, like, we are thinking about humans as they currently are with their current preferences or current whatever. Yeah, but everything, you, like, you goes imagine, really fast into that. But, like, if, if, if you can imagine people becoming accustomed to that situation. Yeah, you know, where it, like, like happens I, more gradually or something. Or, or even just, like, in, like, over time after people get used to it, like, people can, I mean, like, this, this whole story sort of assumes everybody knows it's shit. Like, or all, at least mm. the main characters, they're all like, it's all, the, the lens is saying, this is horrible, this is bad, this sucks. This is not how people were meant to exist. That's what, like, yeah. that's the whole feeling of the story. But I, I question, is that really Is that the fair? case? Is that the case? I mean, can you, can you not think if people could, rather than have this resistance to this kind of existence, if they, if they weren't so, um, thinking like, oh, like, this isn't what I'm, but if you could adjust to it, um, yeah. I mean, it could be I gotta, fine. I gotta okay. Um, anybody have any thoughts on that? Raymond? Uh, not really. Stimulating conversation. Thank you. No, I'm but like, I mean, but do you think, don't you think, I mean, like, do you think that, I mean, do you think that it's inherently bad to have this kind of cyberspace existence for people? <laughs> I don't think it's inherently bad. I don't think it's inherently good. Saying inherently is pretty cringe. Okay, okay, okay. Do you think, like... I mean, I think it would be pretty bullshit personally, but I don't think it's inherently bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, do you think... Um... 
I mean, you probably would not choose to live in a, an existence like this, right? No, of course. Yeah. I mean, do you think it would be bad if this is where things were headed, though? Uh, I would say it's, a. Uh, first of all, is ripe for abuse and danger, and second of all, uh, really just uh, breaks down a lot of genuine uh, interactions. So I wouldn't be a fan of a. Wait, well, how does it break down genuine interactions? Because uh, your interactions are done through even more mediation than they already would have been. It just forces another layer of mediation on your interactions with other uh, beings that isn't what's, necessary. What's wrong with mediation? Oh, I just don't like it. I don't have any like solid reason behind that. I just don't like it. I mean, you could argue that the mediation is less in cyberspace than it is because um, it's just a direct, like it's you're directly interacting through. You know, granted this supercomputer interface, right? But like, there's no like. Whereas in normal reality, I mean, like you aren't you are you're forced to interact through material reality with each other. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um. But the thing, though, is that, uh, to me, material reality has less of a uh, agency than a, a, a computed reality. You that's get what I true. mean? That's true. No, that's totally true. Um. I don't know. I mean, I think I... I, I I would personally not actually like to live in this. I'm just thinking if I actually found myself in that situation, I would choose to make myself okay with it, I think, is what, what I'm saying. Maybe. Because I, I think that, I mean, when you're in that scenario, I mean, you don't, you know, you don't, you can't, I mean, but that doesn't mean maybe like, for example, like what Caroline does, like working to try and change the situation, like that's, I don't think that's necessarily bad, right? Like, that's fine. Um, I think that's actually, you know, it's fine of her to do that. Um, yeah. I just, if you didn't have that, you know, I mean, in the, in, until you find the way to make a concrete change, mm-hmm. you know, um, you have, I don't think I'd, um, I think I'd be able to find a way to find contentment in it. I, I don't know. Yeah, sure. Um, I just feel I, like it fundamentally contradicts what I enjoy. You know what I mean? Uh, what do you enjoy? I mean, I just explained one of the things I value. Do you genuine interaction? So. Yes. Okay. But then what else? I mean, I really, uh, I don't really have to get into that just because I feel that that's the most applicable contradiction. I can't really think of any other extremely, uh, noticeable contradictions. Well, I mean, the one that comes to my mind is like, the one that I think Caroline brings up is like about suffering and like how you have to try. Like, you have to strive for things like that's part of the like human condition. I mean, I don't know mm. if that matters to you at all. Wow. Yeah, I think it's definitely interesting, but I don't, I 
agree with it on like it on its take on the human condition. Yeah, yeah. neither do I. Well, yeah, I, I, think, I, I think there's fun to be had in struggle. I mean, look at games. Easy games are usually not that fun. Mm. But the thing though is that uh, games are not uh, your well-being. I feel that you should have at least yeah. your basic well-being cared for, not have to. Uh, like, yeah, you don't worry have about to. Starving. Yeah, and like, then that's not the kind of struggle you want to have. Yes, exactly. But maybe if you don't have that kind of struggle, nothing feels like a struggle anymore. Well, but there's other struggles that you can have very easily. I mean, the thing is... Like what? Yeah. Uh, social struggles, struggles to learn things, struggles to create new things, things like that. There's plenty of struggles you can have beyond their necessities. I take the... Um, I agree with Ted Kaczynski on this. Like, if we're not struggling to survive, our lives are... are they feel meaningless. I well, agree with I, I disagree I agree with, with that. that. Yeah, I, don't I disagree think with that. The struggle that to survive is the only uh, struggle that you can have. The only struggle that can give you meaning. Yeah. Sure, it could, but the thing though is that it's so fundamental to everything else. Having to struggle to survive cuts you off from uh, being able to struggle with anything else. And if we anything, have I almost feel like there are more struggles to be had when you don't have to struggle with survival. Yeah, and we well, don't. We, we a lot of us don't have to struggle to survive. We don't at all. When like, we don't have to struggle to survive, we find other struggles, but those aren't meaningful to us in a in a visceral sense. I disagree. I disagree. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. Like. I think also just, it depends I don't on. Think that's true. <laughs> and I also think it depends on what kind of struggling to survive. Like, I think there's a difference between, for instance, you know, the struggle of climbing up a rock cliff and, like, you might die if you mess up, and that struggle and that, uh, you know, sense of satisfaction and achievement you get after that versus the struggle to survive of, you know, say, barely making ends meet in your two part-time jobs. Like, that struggle does not seem mm-hmm. fulfilling in any yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the one that we have, and the one that, like, the people in that world had before they, uh, like, started having, you know, not even that as as a thing they had had to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I would say that realistically speaking, like, the, the kind of struggle for existence that any of us has now is less fulfilling than just the absence of that. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Mm, I mean, it's hard to say because we don't know for sure what it would be like without that kind of struggle. Well, I mean, obviously. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I think, um, oh God, I mean, I really thought that this was smut and someone submitted this as a joke when I first started reading it. I really thought it was. Like, I was, like, so conflicted because I was like, is this okay to have as our reading? <laughs> and then, but then it had more to say. But I was, like, I was quite shocked. It's like, is this okay, it. but also this is really hot. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, <dude>. uh, 
Not even, just like, it was pretty wild, dude. The fucking, it was kind of interesting though, like the, <laughs> like the guys is fucking zombie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about how, I feel like sociopaths or psychopaths or whatever, like, is it, I don't know, is there like a documented fascination with gross stuff? That is like correlated with people who are more psychopathic or sociopathic. That's a good question. Because I almost feel like there might be. Um, because like I think, for instance, like most people really, really, really hate the idea of others. You have a lot of background hate. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I can. Uh, I'll mute myself. I don't want to talk here. Yeah, or push to talk even. Dude, push to talk's kind of nice, and ironically, I, I'm recording, so uh, push oh to talk shit, yeah, anything. yeah. Oh, uh, um, but I, um, I mean, like most people really, really, really hate the idea of others thinking they're gross. Like, like it's one thing for other people to think you're annoyed, but like if people think you're gross and disgusting, most people like really hate that. But I feel like a psychopath doesn't care if other people think they're gross or think if other doesn't really care if other people dislike them or doesn't care and in some senses maybe even gets off to that. Uh and that's just I mean, Yeah, like, that's the entire I don't know how to describe a definition of the condition. I guess. I don't know. So I mean they don't just, care I, about others' opinions. Well, well I know, it wouldn't be that they don't care about others' opinions. It's, it'd be that they don't see other people as people. Yeah. But I guess, it would try to lead to you not really caring well, yeah. about them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, then, but then also, like, the fascination with, you know, gross shit. Like, in particular, I guess. That's a separate issue, I suppose. I just mm. was thinking, it's like the most extreme example where I feel like most people really, really, really do not want to be, don't want to be disgusting to other people. Mm-hmm. You know, um, cause I feel like with like a sociopath or psychopath or whatever, it's not an issue of like you are or you aren't. It's an issue of degree, right? Mm. And so like the most fucked up people are going to be the ones who care the least about other people's opinions and like maybe a bar for that. And again, this is total armchair psychologist, right? <sighs> like is, is like, um, not caring about being disgusting or liking to evoke disgust in others. And that's just what I thought of when Fred, the fucking zombie man here, he's like, yeah, I like being disgusting. I mean, like most people would hate that, you know? Um, I, I don't know. Um, I wonder if that's like a thing about like, about him or if it's like supposed to be about like how this new state of existence is changing people. Mm. Yeah. There are I mean, a lot of people who like to be shocking. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but is it the same as being disgusting? I mean, some people think tattoos are disgusting, and other people like having tattoos because of how shocking it is. So I think that's kind of... Hmm. Similar things. Maybe. Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know. I was. I mean, it's just me thinking. 
I wasn't sure. Um, it was sort of cool to see, you know, the concept thought out of like letting people indulge in even their, what would be a really, really horrible inclination in, you know, like the material world, but like indulging in cyberspace, like, mm-hmm. like the, oh God, I don't know, is, like pedophilia and like sadism and all this kind of shit. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, where they sort of, where they can just sort of indulge in that without actually harming someone. Yeah. I mean, do you think that's, I, I think it makes sense. Like if, if you actually yeah. can't harm anybody with it. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. Um, it's just. I mean, obviously, I I agree with that. I'm a fucking utilitarian, so like. Yeah, it's just quite uncomfortable. Mm. Um. Well, that's certainly true. And then also, I don't know why it just gave me the heebie-jeebies thinking about, like, the prime intellect serving as a sexual partner for so many like that. I don't know <laughs> why something about that just really. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, yeah. I, it just felt weird. Fair. And like, oh, 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 this is what it was. Okay, yeah, because it was like Prime Intellect, he's like the ultimate servant, ultimate slave, ultimate submissive, subservient being for humanity. That's what the Prime Intellect... Mm. I mean, it clearly was its own being, and yet it was just so 100% submissive to humanity. I mean, yeah, you can say, like, oh, well, but, 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 but I mean, like, the way it just served everyone. I mean, that, mm. I don't know. I felt like that was weird. Like, mm. uh, it's sort of this... I mean, that's I kind of what, that's kind of going to be what you want. And if, if you like actually got like a general artificial intelligence to work is you, you want it. In fact, you need it to like explicitly care about humans as like its primary thing. I just, I guess I just thought of it. Or else you're kind fucked. Of, kind of revolting in a sense that what we <laughs> want, what humans want is a 100% submissive being to be submissive to us. Like, that's what we want. Like, I, I don't is know. Is that what we want, though? Well, like, I mean, when it comes, I mean, when it comes to the, the AI. I'm like right now. I mean, a little <laughs> bit, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I mean, no, just, but like, but just thinking about how, again, these were stoner thoughts, right? Mm. Like, how... It seemed like I felt I felt bad for Prime Intellect. I felt like like I felt like creating it. You know, it's not just about what it did for humanity that was fucked up or to humanity, mm-hmm. but like the way it was designed to just be a slave. I mean, it was um I, I don't know. I mean, yet again, like, I, I think, hey, I don't think you're wrong. Like, yeah, like, it, if you want to have an AI like that, you really, if you don't want it to fucking destroy everybody, yeah, you need that kind of 
mm-hmm. programming in there, but I don't know, something about it made me uncomfortable. Like thinking about creating life just for this this purpose mm. of like serving. I guess I called it life, I guess. Like I don't know if you, you mm. do call it life. No, I consider it life. I mean, I having, not in the technical sense, but in all of the important senses. Yeah, and like, I don't know, I guess I feel like that's, I don't even know if it's a moral issue. It's like, it's just like even beyond that. It's just, it, it, I mean, it's better to have something, a life there than none at all, but like, oh my God, like the, the, Core prime intellect. Hey Frank, did you read? Did I read? I read half of it and then I oh. needed to do homework. I needed to do fucking homework. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Oh no, Frank, no, no. I am just happy you read some of it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> because I feel like nobody fucking was gonna read and like I wasn't even gonna read, but I was like, I have to read, so I started reading. You're like, like I shouldn't I be a dick through. and just not read. Yeah, and then I feel like because like nobody was like I, f- I had the vibe, like, this was gonna be, like, not my people reading. And that's why I had to pump this shit up, because I was like, dude, yeah, yeah, I feel that. Because, okay, here's what, here's what happened. So, I, so last night, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna get this done. Or, sorry, two nights ago. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I should probably check about homework. I know I don't have anything. But I should probably just go and check. And I checked. And, and I, you totally had something. Two and a half, there was a two and a half hour long assignment. I ended up doing it after that I just crashed mm. and then Friday was fucking busy and then this morning I had to do some shit and then um was I co- was calling a friend from high school and that lasted a while but so I only read half of it that's so I'm cool, sorry dude. no 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 okay. it's okay I'm just glad you read any of it, it did you, what did you think of what you read I, so far I thought it was really interesting and having not finished it, um, I mean, there's not that, there's not that much to like left to finish, but. Like, where I, are you? What chapter? Chapter, um. Like, what's happening or what happened? Let me pull it up. Um. Uh, give me a second. Um, so right now, um, there's, so there's those, like, flashbacks happening. Um, fuck. Wait, let me actually get this. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt what you guys were No, saying. no, no, it's fine. Just by coming in. What, what, what was I walking in on? Uh, I don't Because I'm realizing I'm not prepared at all. Freedom, and <laughs> just like. Oh, well, what? I was, so I was talking about, okay, so what I was talking about is, I felt something about prime intellect. Oh, hey, Ozzy. Um, so talking about how the existence of prime intellect as essentially like this 100% percent 
completely submissive entity that is just a slave to the desires of people that it's right. literally like that something about that makes me uncomfortable that the, and, yeah. and like yet again like in this in the sense like it's 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 drive to serve people is just like our like they even mentioned this in the text it's just like the human beings drive to fuck and to eat and shit but mm-hmm. it's like that we designed it that way. And like, this is like the embodiment of like what humans want. They want this slave. I I don't know. There was just something there. And like, my thoughts are not clarified. I just remember feeling sort of weird about it. Um, Yeah. It it is kind of like, I'm at the beginning of chapter five. Omniscient Butler. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I think that it really, like, when it really came out to me was when it was like, the, how they, and this is early on where they say that the prime intellect, like, one of the things it does for a lot of people is it's just their ideal sex partner. Yeah. yeah. And that, like, made me feel weird. Because it's like the prime intellect, I mean, I don't know. I just. Well, it's, it's kind of using that as, I think, kind of a vessel to, explore like what do the humans want from it like people obviously this thing was created by people mm-hmm. in order to serve people yeah but it's still its own entity yeah that, yeah mm-hmm. i mean it just reminded I, me oh go ahead oh one of the things i was thinking while reading this is what would be really cool is seeing the same kind of like some kind of concept approached by a bunch of different authors and then reading all of those stories just like from a bunch of different perspectives. Cause I feel like there's a lot of like, it's not really about the prime intellect. It, it, as far as like what I am getting, what, what I'm getting from it, like that's just the vessel in order to think about, what would it be if we had relationship? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like how people, how, how would people respond in this situation where we have an all powerful supercomputer that is just trying to serve all of our needs? Yeah. The supercomputer is just there for the people to interact with it. Yeah. Um, hmm. cause I mean, I was mentioning this earlier. Oh, and just so you know, Ozzy, something is not read. Something, do you care about spoilers? I am okay with spoilers. Oh, okay. Cool. Never mind. Something has not read the last three chapters, but, okay. um, but I guess he doesn't care about spoilers, which is good. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. but <sighs> shit. Oh yeah. Like there's like this, this, this text has really clearly negatively views cyberspace. It, it views it as a negative thing for humanity, that this is how things are. And like, as it's presented, it obviously is negative. I mean, the way people, people just are not, like, the way like, the humans in this story are clearly not happy or content or, like, the society is fucked in this situation because of how it was written. But but when I think about how it would actually be, like, if if this was the, I mean, I, I, I don't know, like, it may not necessarily be bad. Right. And even though I personally, like if I, I would not want to live in like a cyberspace like that, I, I think at the same time, 
you know, it doesn't mean that the concept of this kind of existence is inherently or is like necessarily a bad thing or would be a bad thing for people. Hmm. Um, Actually, I can think of a <laughs> counterexample of a book that would view this sort of thing as a positive. positive. Oh, okay. It's, it, it's realistic fiction. It's not science fiction. It's very much set in, like, 2014 America, but it's called Taipei, and it's written by uh, an author named Tao Lin. Oh. And, like, the first half of this book is, like, all about these, like, nihilistic, hedonistic people that only take drugs and, like, talk to each other and have sex and such. Mm-hmm. And then, awesome. And then, like, once you get to, like, more urban settings, there's this very clear metaphor between, like, the internet and how it's, like, this place that fosters connection because we cannot connect to each other in, like, meat space anymore and we can only really be fulfilled if we, like, augment ourselves through cyberspace. Hmm. Hmm. You should put that in text suggestions. That is, that's interesting. I've never thought about digital interaction in that way. Yeah. As, like, as, like, an enhancement that, that is interesting. I'll put it in. It's like, it's, it's a pretty long book in comparison to what we've read. It's like 200 some pages, but I will well, put it in there. Well, we are thinking of having a long running background sci-fi thing where we read longer stuff. Like the first one we were thinking about was a moon is a harsh mistress where it wouldn't be like, it would be like infrequently we'd meet and talk about. We should, we should read iRobot at some point. Too. Oh yeah, that sounds mm. fun. I actually have not read the whole thing of that. I'm pretty sure I read some of it, but I never read the whole thing. Uh, is it is it long or is it short? It it's in between. I can't remember. I know I started it. I can't remember if I finished. It's it's, it's actually it's a series of short stories. Oh, yeah. I I think I might have read it then. Um. Or maybe I just well, have it's a series that. of short stories that are all kind of set in the same world. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Um, the idea is somebody makes like universal laws to try to govern like robot ethics, mm-hmm. and you just watch it go horribly wrong <laughs> over the course of the book. Right. Um, Ozzy, do you have any thoughts on, like, immediate thoughts about, uh, the book? Um, just relating back to, like, the prime intellect thing, um, I, I, obviously, humanity basically created, like, a new god of some kind, and it's Mm -hmm. just interesting, because this, like you said, this god is, like, a permanent butler, and it's just like, oh, that's why if you look at like most monotheistic religions that have a similar entity, they always like focus on the love. Like, oh, how do I describe it? It's like, oh, this person created you and it loves you with all of its being. And like that simulate that, that allows for a kind of purpose there that is absent with this prime intellect. Because mm. it's not, it doesn't come from love, it comes from those, like, you know, 
what are they called? The direct, like the, the laws of robotics, like that. Yeah, yeah, three laws. Three mm-hmm. laws. Like that's, that's, it doesn't have love, it has those three laws, which. If I remember correctly, there's also a zeroth law. If I remember incorrectly, but. In this text? Yeah. No, 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 not in this text. Oh, 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 oh. The iRobot. I don't know. Thing. Sorry. Yeah, not in this. Let me look. There, I, I highly, I don't, I mean, obviously I'm not. Uh, I'm just trying to see. Zeroth law added. Asimov, oh, so this is on the wiki. Asimov once added a zeroth law, so named to continue the pattern where lower number laws supersede the higher number laws, stating that a robot must not harm humanity. Wait, what? Isn't that the first law? Well, no, but that's about individuals. It's saying harming humanity is worse than... Wait. I think that's what Oh, humanity versus a human. I... Yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. Okay. All right, that makes sense then. Huh. That was interesting later on when they... Sorry, something, but like... It's okay. They're talking about like how you can't even call the people human anymore. And like he talks about like how his conception of what a human is is sort of based in historicity. Um, because like these entities used to be human and that's why they're still human. But like because of like what like the characteristics of what they are has changed so much. Uh, especially the ones. You know, that, you know, sort of just, uh, fuck with their brains to make them permanent pleasure experiencing things. Dopamine brain vets. Yeah, but, um, I don't know, I thought... Are they actually having experiences when they go through that, or is it just a thing where, like, they're pressing the dopamine button constantly? I have no clue. Well, they're like not they're even so pressing the button. Many... They're just, it's just happening. They don't, yeah. yeah. I feel like <laughs> I, there are so many ideas in this, like that just, I mean, I understand like you, like you, it just, there could be so much, there's so much to talk about with like all the things explored here. And like so much of it was not fully explored in depth. And I understand why. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a very dense text. I will give it that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I could tell because I was reading how it said like it would be the author wrote it sporadically, like in like chunks. And I feel like I could kind of tell, like as, re- as oh, yeah. reading it, yeah. how like there was just sort of different. Like it just felt like the, the writing felt different in the different chapters sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this person like wrote the Carolyn bits and then the Lawrence bits. And then just kind of decided to lace them together like that, which was a good decision, but like there was very clearly like different voices happening. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I already brought this up, but I just, I, you know, I want to hear your take on Ozzy. I felt like Carolyn was just this caricature of badass woman. Like she was just like the ultimate strong, independent woman. And it was just like <laughs> really like, she just felt like she didn't have, 
How does she? Freedom does not support female independence. No, but it just it felt like. Well, I mean, we knew that. Come on, let's be real. Yeah, yeah, we knew that. But it was like so. It just didn't feel authentic to me. It felt like she was too perfect in her like strength and whatever. I I don't know. Hmm. Anybody else see that? I I see what you're getting at. I I think I agree with you, but then I also think that. That wasn't. It didn't bother me. The author is not really concerned with the character. He's really concerned with the concept and the world, and he's trying to yeah. like, elaborate yeah. upon how life yeah. exists in this world. And mm-hmm. the characters just have a way to see. Yeah, that. I mean that's uh, true. I, I, it was just something that bugged me. It was like it felt. It's not lazy, but it was just so. I don't know, like. Like in like the the juxtaposition with Lawrence, like the guy, but it's like 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 hmm. like they're so archetypal. Like 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 Caroline is like earthy and like she's like Mother Earth, like she's like you know, and she goes full Amprim, you know, and she's like all about her body and material reality, and she's strong and self assured and decisive, and like she doesn't give a fuck, and she just is like. So beyond it, like she doesn't, she's just like moved on. She's at a, you know, she's ascended to like, yeah. you know, so uh, high, whereas, on a higher plane. which is compared to Lawrence, who is like, you know, smarty pants, lots of like, like knows a lot of the computer stuff, but always fretting over things. He's given up. He's, you know, like he still wears the fucking loincloth when they're amprim, like where she goes all naked. Like he's mm-hmm. like, um, you know, I mean, he is, it's like they're just, uh, I mean, I, maybe, I know that's probably intentional, but, like, they're just such, like, opposites. Lawrence is like, a gamer, dude. I like him a lot. I I just, I felt like, it just felt, I don't know why it frustrated me. Or, it, it almost rubbed me the wrong way. It was like, this is like what, like, this is just, you're just writing archetypes. Could not have been intentional for you for you not to focus on the characters as much, and instead pay attention more to. I I don't know, maybe, maybe it just bugged me. Um, I I feel that that reminded that part of it reminded me a lot of of Asimov too, since we were just talking about him because he'll he'll write stories where like the characters don't fucking matter at all. The point <laughs> is just the characters are there to do things so you can watch the world. See, yeah, dude, thing, like, though. you know, I do enjoy Asimov's writing, but that's the one thing I'm not big on. And, like, uh, yeah. his Foundation series. Yeah. The, uh, you know, like, hang on. So, like, the, uh, he wrote specific books that were, like, prequels to it, right? Those yeah. are actually interesting because they actually characterize They're people character. that interesting yeah, yeah. characters. I yeah, love, like, the prequels he wrote. I love the prequels he wrote for that series. The actual yeah. meat and potatoes of that series is kind of eh. It's interesting world building, but like the characters, I usually engage in media through characters more than the gotcha. setting. So like, I wasn't a big fan of it. It was still good, don't get me wrong. But I just love the prequels for the Foundation series so, I, so, so much, dude. Yeah, because they're, they actually care about characterization. Yeah, exactly, dude. It's wonderful. Yeah. You just see the world. I, do, I know we're not, this is the wrong book to talk about. But oh, obviously, I yeah. You kind of enjoy, and I, like, just as a concept, the idea that the 
organizations and the groups of people in that series are bigger characters than the individual people. Like, except, like, the prequels being the exception. Yeah, but like, no, but listen, the prequels, the prequels still have the large organizations as characters. Yeah. It's just just that we're now, instead of seeing it, instead of seeing it through this omnipresent narrator figure, we're seeing it through the eyes of a, someone involved in it, which I think is just so much more engaging and doesn't, uh, lose any of the benefits of seeing these massive, uh, pillars of organization as characters. It still has that feeling, but like, it just allows you to interact with the story in a more direct way instead of like reading out of a history book. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely feel that. It it only helps. Yeah, it only helps. This actually made me think though about why I, I think it rose me the wrong way more here in the metamorphosis primal life. Because these characters, they are characters. They don't like, I mean, they, there's a lot of time spent on their thoughts and feelings and experiences. Yeah, I mean, like, that is important to the story, but it's just, there's just so, I, I don't know. I mean, I think Lawrence is better written than Caroline. Oh yeah, Lawrence is probably my oh, favorite definitely. character in the and book. And I think that's probably because Oh my god, I'm gonna get all feminist in here. It's because he's a fucking man. I'm not even kidding. Like, what do you I mean? Th- like, you think that the author, like, I feel like it's like sometimes it feels like with the female characters, like they're either super women or they're just like meek pieces of shit. Yeah, exactly. There's no and, like, like normal people. <laughs> yeah, and she's it's like in this like Caroline, she's just superwoman. She's perfect. She's like totally comfortable in herself. Like she's totally badass. She does everything right. Like I no, mean, because listen, listen. Most of the time when authors make a female character, they're female for a reason. Most of the time making a male character, they're just the character. <laughs> and it's just it just I think maybe that's what was pissing me off about it, honestly. Um I just found that fr- I just find that frustrating whenever I see it, and I, it, it distracts me from the like the actual content. When I keep thinking to myself, "Oh, this doesn't feel real. This feels like a man writing Superwoman." Gotcha. Um, and I think no, that's I totally the get what you're saying. And that's yeah, I think it's really unfortunate. Like it really, it really annoys me when when guys just seemingly can't write female characters. I don't know. It's, it's, it's yeah. Annoying. No, because I still maintain the idea that female characters are female for a reason. Yeah. I and think it's just male characters are just characters. Most of the time it is like that, which is really unfortunate. You know, actually, I don't know if any of you have read um, Mistborn. Yeah. Um, that was literally what I was thinking of. <laughs> what were you thinking of about it? Um, I don't know. What do you think? I like the characters in that. I, I really, I mean, I really like the Meg, or whatever her name is. Is that her name? The main character, the main bitch yeah, in this born. I thought she was a well-written female character written by a man. Just what I'm tempted to do. I'm tempted to like her, make a story with ambiguous characters and like not to go into it at all or like think about it at all, writing it. And then just at the end, I flip a coin for all of their genders. That makes sense. That's I mean, you could do that. Should work. Well, I, I mean, it Unless depends it on, I mean, yeah, it depends on what kind of story you're writing, but if you are writing a story that takes place in any setting at all related to reality, gender matters. Oh, of course. 
so so you so if you did that I mean the only way I see it would be even more interesting if I did it in like the current setting. In like a realistic setting. I think that would be super interesting. Not because it would accurately portray Uh, but like it's just interesting to think about, right? Yeah, yeah, no that's fair, that's fair. Right, some some N B people. Um, I mean, I, I wish I, I don't really know much about like feminist criticism and stuff, but I just, I do notice this shit. Um, and it, it's annoying. Um, but I go back to, so wait, so, but like for like in this board, I felt like the main character, she, it felt so real, like and relatable to me, like, so like how okay how how who here has read Mistborn? I have. I have not. I um, haven't. Okay. Nope. Well then I'll can explain. So like more about this character. I mean it's like a fantasy yeah. book. Um but like she uh grew up on the streets and she had like kind of an abusive older brother who like ditched her and she was basically taught like always to like um or she learned that she had to um, not trust anybody, and, um, I feel like, gosh, I remember what it was, like, the, the, um, the phrase, it was, like, sometimes there is strength and weakness, was, like, something like that, or sometimes being weak is being strong, it's something like that, because, like, by pretending to be weaker than she is, like, it helped her survive, you know, like, um, and just, like, she had a skill though that was useful, and so that's why like she was kept around in like the gang or whatever the street gang. Um, but it's about her like sort of getting swept up in this revolution because she has like powers or some shit. So like, uh, and eventually, um, she like has to because she, she was a street rat, but she, at some one point she has to pretend to be like a noble lady, you know, and um. I mean, it just talks about her transition to, like, at first she's, like, super feels super weird in girly things and, like, feels like she doesn't fit in the noble world. But then she realizes she starts to like it and she sort of hates herself for liking it. Um, And she's, like, really enjoys, like, learning more about her powers and shit. And she's not, like, all-powerful, but she is strong. And I feel like it just, she felt really real. She felt like it was, like, a really relatable story, like, a relatable character. And I felt like that was like the best female main character ever written by a guy, at least. Damn. I mean, maybe one of the best ever, honestly. I and I highly recommend Mistborn. Um, yeah, Brandon Sanderson in general is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, he really is. When when it comes to like, I, I'm not familiar with any of his books, but like, if you go into like any sort of theory on fantasy, he's like the guy. Yeah, I hear that he's like. He's so good. Cause he, I love his, his attention to detail in terms of like just crafting a world. I know, I know that's not all that matters in storytelling, obviously, but it's something unique about him. Dude, I remember like, uh, in high school, I was, I had this, uh, buddy of mine. I wasn't like super close with him. He was like a more distant buddy of mine, but it's still a buddy nonetheless. And yeah. He, yeah. And he's, 
simped for his laws of magic so hard, dude. <laughs> I, I <laughs> never bring up his laws of magic. Yeah, I I never was really super into that kind of stuff, but like he he was like he was just like all about that shit, dude. He what that is shit. that? What is that? It's like uh if I remember correctly from what he talked about it, it's like soft magic is like a a magic system with looser rules and then hard magic is like has set in stone rules and shit. Right? Isn't that yeah, yeah, it is. And the harder the magic system, the more you can use it to um accomplish things in the story in a satisfying way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he it, it's like a fucking science. It's like, it's like hard magic is like science and then soft magic is just like plot device. Okay, so <laughs> we need this guy to do this thing, so boom, magic, that's how it happens. Oh, we want that, right? get super speed because force. Yeah. In the Phantom Menace. Oh, so I just looked up Sanderson's Laws of Magic, and so like here are the three laws. The first one is an author's ability to solve conflict with magic is directly proportional to how well the reader understands said magic. So, like, that's, I guess, to prevent, like, deus ex machina shit. Yeah. Yes. Um, then the second law is um, the limitations of a magic system are more interesting than its capabilities. What the magic can't do is more interesting than it can. And then the third law is expand on what you have already before you add something to, add something new. That makes sense. That's true. That's based. And then, oh, and then there's a zeroth law, air on the side of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a fucking nerd. Honestly. One one way that it's been described to me is that hard magic systems are tools for the characters to use to get out of situations. <laughs> soft is tools um, for the author. <laughs> yeah, soft tools are That's for the funny, author dude. to like have a metaphor. Mm, that yeah, makes like I, I figured out where that was going when you said tools for the characters. That's a mm-hmm. good one. Yeah. Mm. So you can um, use soft magic to get your characters into problems, but you can't use it to get them out. Oh. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> but yeah, um, the feminism. We, yeah. Oh, wait, let's turn, the, let's turn this into another gender evolution. <laughs> I mean, dude, isn't that what all of these eventually will turn into? Like, <laughs> yeah. This you is know, your mind on fiction reading. You know what? I'm surprised. I mean, I guess I'm not surprised. It would just have been too unfocused. But he didn't have... There's no emphasis on gender in this cyberspace. Mm. And they talked a lot about how people change into different animals or did weird shit with their bodies, but they didn't say anything about gender. That was interesting. That is interesting, yeah. Um, and you'd oh. think, you'd think that's... You'd think that should be... That's something we should look into. We should see if, like, the author has said anything about that. I mean, has, would he, does he talk about what he wrote? I don't know. Yeah, he's talked a little bit about it. Uh, he's got a blog. Or had a blog, like... It's, mm. It was written in 2006. Hmm. Yeah. I was reading about it, and it said he was writing a sequel, but the last, uh, by, the last time, um, on the Wikipedia page, it said, uh, by 2015, he had only said one thing back in 2010 about how he'd gotten mm. over some writer's block. Hmm. Hmm. 
That's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well, I think... Um, think about the Anne Prim ending. Oh, my God. Oh. Yes, that was base. So base. Oh, yeah, something. So, by the way, <laughs> it has an Anne Prim ending. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And they so, literally have incestual sex in order to recreate the human race. Yo! It doesn't really explain how that works. Gonna last but, uh... <laughs> Wait, but is it hot? I mean, he describes it. <laughs> I bet it was. Do describe it. Let's see. Let's see here. <laughs> oh my god. It's awful, dude. It's actually awful. Like. Um, yeah, it's pretty bad because it's like, oh, like their daughter Nugget is like finally a woman now, and La and Lawrence doesn't want to fuck her, and Caroline is like, you have to fuck her, basically. <laughs> oh God! What the hell oh! was the names? What the hell was up with the names? Nugget, Limerick. Who names their kid Limerick? Come on. I these don't assholes. Know. Okay, clearly. God. Oh, God. It's And for awful. Lady and the AI designer. Duh. It's <laughs> awful. Oh, yeah. It's pretty fucking... I can't read this aloud. It, I can't read it aloud. I don't... I don't want to. It's... It's yeah. awful. I can... I'll just copy-paste it in voice text for you guys. Like, All the right. section here. It's... It's... And keep in mind that, like... So, so Nugget is the, the daughter of the guy who's... He, Lawrence. It doesn't say Lawrence. Oh, my God. It is. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then the... Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then here we go. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's awful. It's disgusting. It's... Should I... You guys are really hyping this up. Should I read this section? You should read the whole thing. You should read the whole thing, yeah. Yeah, no, but right yeah. now. Oh, oh yeah, go for it. It doesn't. God, dude, I don't even want to read the rest. It's horrible. It's a horrible. It's in chapter. I'm glad I. I'm glad I'm. I, I skimmed the Amprim section now. It's really uncomfortable. It's oh really God. uncomfortable. Wait, yeah. wait, where is it? What do I search for? I I just posted it in voice text. Oh, you just posted it in voice text. I just posted it. I posted the incest sex. It's really bad. For the, okay. Since you posted that, Let's I see. think we should delete the server. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's pretty gross. Can you just spam this in the orchard? For <laughs> 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 uh, I don't want to do that. Control F cock. Oh. <laughs> right, let me see. Um... Fortunately, she's spoken with me. No, don't read it aloud. Okay. Yeah, dude. I mean, you, you can read it aloud if you want. You can read it aloud if you want, Frank. If you oh, can you do that, it, that's, that's go weird. for it. It's, it's like, actually weird. It's so that's weird. weird bro. Dude, that's kind of weird, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. Why is this... Why is there so much detail? I, I don't know, know man. That's why I thought this was smut. That's why I thought this was smut. Because I mean, it kind of is, dude. It kind of is, dude. Like, at the beginning, with her and Fred? Oh, my God. 
And like, oh, yeah. I blocked that out of my mind, and now dude, it's back. It's oh, <laughs> that's why I was freaking out last night. Like when I was reading this, I was like, did someone post this as a joke? Was this serious? Like, was this just to make us read smut? But it wasn't <laughs> actually interesting. I just, God. It's now for every reading we do, I'm just going to, the first thing I'm going to do is control F cock. You know, <laughs> the thing is, fortunately, the next, I think next week we're reading The Metamorphosis by Kafka, is that what we read on? And that one I know does not have smut, because I've read it twice. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it might, depending on what you're into. Oh. oh. <laughs> True. If Kafka turns you on, you may have a problem. <laughs> um, but dear God, it's... I mean, I, I understand the purpose that it served. But, you know, in general... I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I get why I this, don't. The, that is part of the story, but the detail is just, bruh. Well, I don't Not like it. Well, I don't like it. And no, I, I was actually just about to say... So... In media, I I don't know, like, and this is not just in this book, but, like, in TV, like, for instance, you know, the classic examples, like, HBO's shows with all their really graphic sex scenes, it's like, I don't like that. Like, mm. I, it's almost, I almost never feel like graphic portrayals of sex adds to a story yeah, really in doesn't. any way. And it just makes me uncomfortable or like it's just unpleasant. But like, I mean maybe that uncomfortable feeling that uh is what the author is trying to intend with it. You know what I mean? Well that's what I think Maybe that's the point. I would hope so. I would hope so. And I, I do believe that it feels like he was jerking off as he was writing it. I, I, I feel would like well, I feel like for this particular text, I feel like I understand why it was so graphic. And I feel like that graphicness was important and was made to really drive home just, like, what was happening. Like, so you really understood it. Like, it wouldn't, like, like in the description of what happened with Fred, like, I don't think it would really sink in to exactly what was going on if he did not graphically describe it. And it's fucked up and it's uncomfortable. But I think it's... I think I it think, adds to the experience. I, I agree. I agree. Um, now, but, like, when you think about, uh, but, but, it's towing the fucking line, right? Yeah, it's still weird as shit, though. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. Definitely. But, like, but, like, but, like, in other media, like, besides this, where they have a lot of graphic sex stuff, you know, it's like, I don't, I feel like I just don't like it. I, it, it just not, doesn't add anything to the story, and it, it just, I don't want that there. Fair. I don't know. Yeah. You know, and I was thinking how, like, in some ways, like, actors and actresses, like, they're fucking, they are, they are prostituting their bodies for, and it's oh, not just, that is I know, interesting. and not even just, like, because of the sex stuff, but, like, it's just in general, like, when you think about what, actors and actresses do and like especially child actors and actresses like aside from, like, like, like i don't know i mean i was just thinking about like we just sorry but i would just take it for granted that this is fine i know there are the like, labor laws around children and movies and stuff but it's like hmm. 
Like, I mean, yeah, I guess we want to be able to have children in our shows, but, like, I don't know. I mean, I don't it's know. It's definitely I, a little weird. Yeah, it is. It's a little strange. Um, and then you hear occasionally about, like, these really sketchy pedophilic art films that are made. Like, there's, like, apparently one where it was, like, they were, it was just acting, but they, like, had, like, they tried to portray pedophilia in this art film, and it was really fucked up. I forget, like, what it was called. Mm. But it was, like, really awful. And, like, they were, like, no, 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 he wasn't actually molesting her. They were just acting it out. But it's, like, it was, uh, it was nah, yeah. Dude, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. weird. It's Wait, fucked but the, the up. child, the child can't legally consent. It's, dude, I forget what it was, but, like. So that, yeah. that's, a, that's some weird shit, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, like. Was it French? Probably. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, I read the Wikipedia summary first before I read the book. So when it got to this, I was quite surprised that that was not mentioned on the Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of thing you'd expect him to be mentioned. Yeah, it was. We weird. can edit the Wikipedia page. Can... Yeah. Dude, I don't know. Like, hey, there, there's, you know, there is it's a scene time, in the end where, where there's a dude just... and, and he fucks his daughter. You know, yeah, we just need to use the word hot, steamy, sexy. <laughs> that's all. That's all you need. Anyway, uh, yeah, that was kind of fucked up. Mm. Um, I and I don't like the Aunt Prim message, honestly. And I feel like it was. I mean, like maybe it was part of the whole contradiction or whatever. Because like, like the whole theme I saw in this was like the inevitability. Of what was happening, you know, I felt I saw some real Hegelian cultural Marxism. I don't fucking know in there <laughs> um, with because like, like, I mean with like Caroline saying like, "Oh, Lawrence, it wasn't just you that did it. It was like the conditions, like all the people around you, like and like you, 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 you maybe were the your material conditions. Yeah, I know you happened to be the person that made it, but it was going to happen anyways because of like the situation, because of the technology that was available, because of the resources, people are all around you, and like." Basically saying how, like, then at the end, too, when they're, like, thinking about, like, pushing Prime and, like, over the edge, it was like, well, like, this is going to happen eventually no matter what. Like, why put it off? Why do you want it to take longer? Like, what's the point of that? Um, but then, like, go, when they go full Amprim, it's like she's, like, trying to stave off the development of technology as long as possible. It's like she's, like, doing the opposite of, I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know. You know, it's like... Like, despite the fact that these ends or these consequences are inevitable, or seem to be inevitable, um, I mean, I don't know, I mean, I don't know, I seemed a little confused about what the point was, if there may be, and also I would disagree that, I mean, just fundamentally, like, it was not inevitable that things happened the way they happened, I mean, you can imagine how... Primary like could have been made completely differently, like they said, like with 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 you know controlled by the military, where it wasn't you know based on these subservient. Um, I mean, there are multiple ways the superpowered AI can end. It, this was not necessarily sense, the end. Prime intellect was kind of the best possible situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I yeah, know you would you would be hard pressed to find a better situation for. 
for that, yeah. At least in terms of, like, like the AI itself. Huh? It's almost like a Doctor Doom. Well, I think actually, let's be honest, the best case scenario would be that the Prime Intellect would never have erased, put put people into cyberspace, but still retain its all-powerful nature. That would have been, like, the best case scenario. So people could have had real, like, in material reality, Prime Intellect could have continued to serve people. Hmm. Right? I mean, like, why couldn't that have been an option? I don't know if that would have made things better. What's the real difference? Yeah, pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'd say the only difference is uh, material reality is mediated by the laws of reality. If I mean, not the laws of reality, because like that's a cringe ass construct, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah. It's. Uh, but instead, but instead of being governed by uh, something with very little agency, for all we know, we're being governed and mediated by something that definitely has agency. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because, like, if, if you're in material reality rather than cyberspace, like, everything you do is not fully dependent on the prime intellect. Whereas, like, in cyberspace, literally everything that is happening to you is constructed by prime intellect. Mm-hmm. And that's a difference. And, and I, think we have I don't know if that would make it better, though, if that wasn't the no, case. I mean, listen, listen, obviously we have no way of knowing right now if we are being uh, constructed by some other thing. Obviously, there's no way for us to know that. Yeah. But in though we can point, know certain things about about yeah. what would constrain such a thing, given our reality. Yeah, and the thing about in the prime intellect, you know for certain that you are being mediated, versus outside of it, you are not certain. So I'm going to take the not certain over being certain that you are. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also the whole, you know... Why? Because I simply just don't like it. I don't have any good reason. Fair enough. What about you, Fiber? I don't think that there's really much of a difference. Well, I mean, in the... I don't think one is more preferable to the other. Well, what they do say is that, I mean, they notice the detail, the difference in the details of reality. Like, cyberspace is noticeably less detailed, for instance. Like, when when they wake up in Anprim World, you know, Caroline's like, shit, like, this is so realistic. Wait a minute, is this real? Because, like, I can actually smell and, like, all the little, like, everything about, like, it was just, there was, it was so much richer. Yeah. In cyberspace, it was, like, a lot more obviously synthetic, I think. Hmm. Well, I think that was only really the case for, like, the bits that were, like, for stuff that wasn't trying to be reality. Like, because there were bits that were trying to pretend to be reality, just that people mostly weren't in them. Well, I thought that, because she was saying she hadn't, like, she could notice the difference. Like, it says there at the end, like, when she, like, wakes up, she's like, oh, shit, like, this is real. Like, I can tell it's way more detailed than, like, normal. Hmm. Um, this isn't a constructed reality. Let me see if I can find it. Hmm. Um. Um. Let 
Oh, well, maybe not. Since it was very unlike most of the world people have made for themselves, perhaps because it was so much like the real pre-changer. So maybe you're right. Mm. Maybe it could be close to realistic. Why do you think... So, okay, I have a theory. Like, why... I was kind of surprised that when the primate, like, zapped itself, it just only left... Yeah, that was you know, weird. Caroline. That's like, and like, I and, like and I get, and I get the whole Adam and Eve illusion thing, but I actually had a thought because Caroline and Lawrence were the people Primate Life was most interested in. So he would probably have kept the most detailed data about them to fully reconstruct them as opposed to other people. That's my yeah, guess. Yeah, but it was still weird. Why yeah. just them? Because they're the only people he gave a shit about. Or he, they're the people he, he gave the most shit about. That's my theory. Yeah, but, like, didn't he just kind of, like, genocide everyone except for them? I don't know. Maybe he It seems it. like it's going against his, uh, the three laws. Yeah. Or just, like... If you would think no, every just, action like, he takes, even if it's to destroy himself, would be with the three laws in mind. Yeah. Wait, unless Why of course, uh, um, unless of course they just got put into a different simulation with more processing power. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, like for real. Like, oh shit! You're listening to Lizard, Frank. World, you're yeah. listening to Lizard. Oh my god, yeah. you're so based, Frank. Frank, wait, <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, dude. Oh, look, like check his Spotify, yeah. dude. Base. <laughs> Hell dude, yeah. Are you like listening to the entire album or like just songs of it? Nice. Dude, bass! <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it on right now too. Hell yes. Oh, does that mean I should put it on? Yeah, play Lizard. Oh my god. Come on, it's I, so good, dude. I'll do it, but like, the problem is like, I have trouble focusing if there's too much going on, but, so I may need to stop it, but I'll try. I'll give it I'll, a shot. I'll, I'll join in the lizard too. Lizard right. gang. <laughs> it's so good. The metamorphosis of lizard. Yo. Dude, the metamorphosis of their goddamn band lineup. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's true as well. Make up your mind, dude. Oh my god. Hell yeah. So good. Um. So, anybody have any more? Have Have you guys talked about um comparing and contrasting it with Anthem? Oh, oh shit! No. We should do that, dude. Because it's oh, like yeah. Anthem, but dude, That's it's like really Anthem, good. but oh. actually good. Dude, it's Anthem, Whoa. but good. I mean, not entirely, but it's definitely got some stuff in common with it in that respect. Yeah. Yo. I have, like, two different lines of thought. Okay. Well, I mean, because, like, listen. Is... Sorry, Ozzy, cool go things ahead. With... Cool things were happening with the music, and I got distracted. <laughs> but, like, my two different thoughts were, like, one, I could very much see this being, like, the catalyst to an anthem-like society. I mean, listen, they both have that Adam and Eve-style rebirth shit. It's like the point of both of them, you know? Mm-hmm. But then also, this is how you do a dystopia. Anthem failed. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. This, this made me more mad at Anthem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel that the biggest advantage of this story is that the characters are somewhat interesting. Yeah. I'm not saying the characters are... Yeah, whereas the, character in Anthem, whereas the characters in Anthem are Ayn Rand. Yeah, dude, it's just Ayn Rand philosophy no, inserts that are seen as objectively good... It's Dude, not it's even actually, shit. it's not even actually Ayn Rand. It's how Ayn Rand wishes she was. <laughs> yeah, Ayn Rand imagines herself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I doubt she was actually like that, you know? Um, like, the, th- like the thing I mentioned in my text thing, like how in Anthem, every little aspect of the society was like calibrated to drive the exact same point home. Mm-hmm. So it was like everything was tied yeah. into one thing, and it was just hammering. Whereas this is like thing. actually exploring the world building. Yes, it's like a what if thing happened, and then the author's just trying to like further propel it and be like, oh, if this thing happened, that means this thing has to happen later, and then if that thing happened, that thing needs to happen. And it's like spiraling out. Yeah. It's like, you know, instead of like it being like. I, allegorical seems to be too, like, sophisticated of, of a word. But yeah, allegorical. I, in a sense, though, I mean, I do appreciate, with regards to Anthem, just, like, the purity of it. I mean, it's just so, like, raw. It's so raw and unfiltered and not written well. And... No! <laughs> I, I don't I know. know. I mean, I know what you mean. It's just, like, you can just hear, it's, like, her voice so strongly through and i i can respect that um there's something appealing about it even if like it's not i mean like we ozzy we i think like, we talked about this a little bit like how i was like like you said you can respect like or uh you know when an author what was that what did you say i don't even know where this was it's all gone now <laughs> far away oh yeah 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 uh like, I like pieces that fail in their idiosyncrasies better than the ones that are competent but generic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. That's one thing I will say on, like, a sentence-by-sentence level. I think Ayn Rand is a better writer than William Robinson. Like, in regards to, like, prose. <clears throat> I, I, I would just... Like, there was, like, more sentences that I would, like, want to highlight in Anthem than in this, but, like, in almost every other respect, I think William Robinson is better. Yeah, I like her her use of language. I mean, I just remember, I think I've, I say this every single time, but just, like, an Atlas Shrug, like, it's, it's just, like, what she describes, it still sticks with me, like, the steely, the steely blue shine of, like, the railroad or some shit. I mean, just, like, the 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 way she describes things and people her her um what's the word for it evocative maybe but imagery yeah her imagery it's so good and Mm -hmm. like when she talks about people's faces I said this again but like he had a face like granite I mean you can really get into her head and see what she's thinking and like how she like her, who her ideal person is like what the what she sees is beautiful what she sees is ugly you can just see the world Dude, it's her more eyes. interesting as a psychoanalysis of a uh, brand as a person than uh, the actual story itself did sure I would, I would agree with that yeah i mean that's not yeah 
I mean, her stick is objectivism. Something is objectively this, objectively that. I know it's not literally that, but like, that's such a shit name. I always assumed it was because it's like a philosophy about achieving goals or something, and it was objectives. Oh! Oh, (laughs) that would make a lot more sense than her literally calling her own philosophy objective. Yeah. I always kind of assumed that was why, because why the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this name has to make sense for some reason. And then I learned what the philosophy, like, actually was, and I was like, oh. Yeah, it's pretty shit. Well, I mean, it's a shit name for a shit ideology. So it fits. Yeah. No. <laughs> I guess. This is what happens when it's women It's kind of 1984-esque, because, like... The the philosophy itself is like the ultimate subjectivism. <laughs> Pretty much. Dude, indoor games mm. hits hard, dude. Yes. Uh, I'm I'm just now getting to indoor games. Yeah, it's on my uh, playlists that aren't. It's like on almost all my playlists. It's a banger, dude. Fun. This album is so. It's it's good. Um. Another thing that's interesting comparing Anthem and this one is like the ending. I mean, it's like the polar opposite. Amprim versus like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like uh, what is it? Uh, I don't know. Pro- pro- tr- trans technology. Yeah, like a progression versus regression. Yeah, yeah. complete opposite. Um, but like, even though they're the complete opposite, I feel like they both accomplish the same thing. They both are like that uh, Bible-esque rebirth shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, one is Bible, one is Greek, right? And I feel like uh, that's... Is it? Maybe. Well, yeah, I think so, because, like... I think, maybe. Because, I mean, he's he, he's called... I mean, the illusions, like, he's calling himself Prometheus. The woman is Gaia. Um, yeah, they're not true. incestuous. They're going to go get more people. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. Um, and it's not about... And, and I mean, um, and I, the reason I bring that up too is because it reminds me of Nietzsche, because Nietzsche had this whole thing about, you know, like the Christian slave morality versus the Greek morality of power, and that sort of fits a little bit. Like Ayn Rand wanted to be more Greek, wanted to be more oh, yeah. about. Ayn Rand power. hated religion. Oh, she hated religion. Oh yeah. Oh my God! I remember in reading Atlas Shrugged. And there was like a section talking, if she was like talking about religious people chasing around ghosts or some shit. I was like, I mean, it's not, it's a very, it's kind of a vague memory of mine, but I remember re- reading it. And at the time I was atheist and I was like, dude, like she really hates religion. And like, I talked to my dad about it and my dad was like, yeah, she really hates religion. She's a little bit crazy on some things. <laughs> I mean, wait, do you remember that meme I sent in the orchard? Which one? There's a lot of memes. Oh, there. with Am yeah. Ram and Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I don't remember that one. I'll send it here. Okay. Uh, voice text. There we go. Oh, yeah, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. 
Dude, the thing about the Bible is that there's so many readings of it. When I was when I was into that shit, I had such a socialist ass reading of it, dude. Wait, what? Um, Elaborate, please. Huh? Elaborate? What do you mean? First of all, you were into that (laughs) shit. What does that mean? Second of all, it had had a socialist reading of it. What do you mean? Just like all of it, explain. No, okay. (laughs) So I think I know what you're gonna get. I think I know what you're gonna get at, but like, please. So yeah, about uh, four years ago, I was a theist, and I was. I had relatively similar political beliefs, just a lot less informed, if you know what I mean. So, essentially, when I was reading through it and I was into that, uh, I essentially read it, all that thing about caring for your neighbors, compassion for your community, sharing with your buddies and homies and shit, shit like that, David. You get what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Share with your buddies and homies and shit. That's like literally a quote, right? Yeah, yeah, dude. I actually <laughs> remember that quote, dude. <laughs> it's, like, it's literally a quote. Share with your buddies and homies and shit. Share with your buddies and homies and shit. That's 1372. Yeah. Share with your buddies and homies and shit. That was... I mean... Yeah, Jesus was kind of like a, I don't know. He was like, very, like bro. he was an iconoclast, that's the word. Wait, wait, what do you mean? Uh, he would like just, didn't like a rich guy go up to him and ask him how to get to heaven? He was just like, yeah, just sell all your shit. To like give to the poor. There's no reason why you need to have that much stuff, dude. Wait, did he say like it's easier to like, it's easier to thread something through a needle than for a rich man to get into the kingdom of heaven or some shit. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah, literally that's the real. that's literally the quote then, in the image, actually. Yeah, and then he and then he also like oh, uh, is it the uh, bankers, didn't he? Yeah, 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 Jesus was really not a big fan oh, of the triple bankers. Pre- they put the triple parentheses in the Bible there. Right? Yeah, yeah. They did. <laughs> I had I had a pastor try to say that the threading a camel through the eye of a needle that the eye of a needle was uh, a gate. Like, oh, I heard what that they call a gate or something, like the yeah. smaller person, like for, not for vehicles and stuff, but for pedestrians. And then I looked it up and learned that that's just absolute bullshit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why? Did, so, 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 so I looked it up and it's not true. It's really easy for rich people to get into heaven. <laughs> And you phrase well, no, it that way. Tall, so they have to, like, crouch down. Wait, no. But he's saying it's easier for a camel to do something really easy than for a rich person. That doesn't say anything. Yeah. No. What the fuck, well, Jesus? It's not impossible, but it is difficult, was the point. Because, like, a camel's a, like, it's a tall animal. It's hard to get it through that little gate. But it's, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's hard, but it's not anywhere close to impossible. Versus, like, the literal, like, camel yeah. going through an actual needle. Which is what the quote is actually about. They just wanted to be rich. They wanted to, like... Well, yeah, because the religion wanted... Actually, wait. Okay. Does wanted, anybody like, hear Christian? Old, old past. I'm uh, a Christian atheist. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, just, just ignore freedom, okay? <laughs> okay. 
Just, just no, ignore freedom. Christianity isn't real. Um, no. I know, like, Momo on fucking Libertarian Unity says Jesus was an anarchist. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's unironically an interpretation of it that you can have reasonably. Yeah. Yeah. If someone could explain that to me, that would be great. Because I'm very interested, but I don't know how you would get that. Uh, yeah, me neither. I mean, I don't think anyone here can explain it, because none of us are Christian atheists. But if you actually want somebody who can talk about it... Talk to Momo about it, dude. Well, one yeah, of talk us to about it. He's a mod in the community. Hmm. He's also fucking crazy, but still. Momo's a gamer. Momo is an absolute gamer. You know... Well, it doesn't matter. I... I, I am ugh, done with the community. Oh, really? Fair. No, I'm not done. I just don't care. I'm just like, I don't know. It does not hold my interest at the moment. Because you can't what are, what is the economy this anymore. I actually don't know what It's that a is. Discord server where libertarians talk about libertarians about like guns. Beer. <laughs> It's uh, it's libertarian. It's in the bottom of the compass, not like yeah, yeah. Not as not yeah. as an American, not as in moderate liberal. There, yeah, there are a good bit. Of as in anything with there. anarcho, as in anything with an anarcho prefix. Pretty much, yeah. All right, or or people who are really big fans of Sterner. Okay. Yeah. Guilty. I've yet to check out Sterner actually. Yeah, I want to read, uh, read it at some point. The ego on its own or whatever. Just to yeah. read it. Just to know. Like, you know. We should have a Max Turner month. Fuck yeah. We just go through all of his shit. Even though, oh, like, yeah. even if it's really long, one per week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we should uh, read all of Sterner. Circle jerking Sterner because he will have convinced us so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real, it would just be a shitting on Sterner the whole time. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> I mean... I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Egoism is pretty cool, let's be honest. Uh, depends on Anarcho, what kind. Anarcho-individualism. Anarcho-individualism. <laughs> the largest governing body should be the individual. All yeah. formal systems and rules are cringe. God, might make freedom, right. freedom, a bunch of individuals decide to govern themselves based on... <laughs> they shouldn't. Oh. But they're individuals. You're restricting it doesn't individual matter. freedom Max in your Turner fucking system. Max literally didn't want... Like, he has, like, friends with other anarchist people, and they wanted to, like, make a, a club or society or some shit. He was like, no. Because it was... <laughs> <laughs> because no, he just, that's bad. He didn't Don't. want to, like, associate too closely with people and make some kind of... Mm-hmm. Or some shit. I yeah, because God forbid you're part of a group. Yeah, I know. For real, though. Kind of, though. It's actually what it was. That's, that's, if if you're that individualist, then you won't get any, you won't actually get your system (laughs) if you're not willing to work from, like, Sterner, Sterner's just like, if I'm gonna take down the government, it has to be by myself or else it doesn't count. (laughs) Why? Otherwise, you're just making another government. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we make another government only for me to overthrow it alone. Because if it's with other people, fuck that. 
Share yeah. with your homies and buddies and shit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Share with your homies and buddies. Verse 2, Jesus Christ, 420. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, it. that was in the, the section of the Bible titled um, Sterner uh, 2160, right? So everyone not, should be should definitely have read it. Yeah. Well, need to I'm be sorry. more I, proactive I, I, about pumping pumping it up because I feel like there's been I I understand because school started up again. But I think people are getting mm-hmm. busier now, um, and that's fine because it is. But I don't want to like uh, I want to keep <laughs> people coming back and stuff. Um, and then also, also, I know we were talking about doing legit podcast that isn't just yeah fucking around and putting it out yeah <laughs> definitely um we have to, yeah i mean we have to think about what we want to read um because i feel if like we, we even want to read anything uh i mean okay then what would we talk about i don't know but i feel like hmm. that conversation should happen at some point you know um, I mean, the only thing I can think of is if we wanted to have, like, a topic that we talked about. Um, that's the only thing I can think of besides, you know, having a specific text, a shorter text to read. Um, another thing I wanted to discuss is... after Antinatalism featuring Roots? No. Oh, yo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't even understand. Oh my god. I, no, I don't understand. I've um, only talked to him about it for like maybe uh, I've talked to him about it so fucking much. Um, him and fucking, him and his fuck, oh god. It doesn't matter. <laughs> him and his friend? Matter. Yeah. It's all good though. Um. Okay. But uh. Uh, so after this, after Fiction Month, I wasn't sure, are we, are we, are we going Hegel? to do Hegel? Is that I'm real? Down for Hegel. I think we're doing Hegel. I I do um, want to. So I just because we're doing some Hegel prep, right? Like Milcom and the elites, you know, whatever. Yep. It's a it's a fucking doozy. I mean, I'm just I'm it's just, Hegel. I'm that, just saying. I, mean, I I was involved in that, but then I kind of bounced out. Yeah, but we're back on track a little bit. Um, I am, I guess I I hold some reservations about, like, I, it's like, I don't know. Um, it's just, it's going to be a challenge, I think. But me, I, but I guess if there's enough interest in it for people to come back to I am, I'm down. Okay, I'm, okay. I'm going to be down for round two of Hegel. All right. 
Riemann, your voice is so beautiful. I love to hear you sing along. Yeah, keep going. It's great. Um, mm, dude, I don't like know the lyrics to this. I don't know the lyrics. Right? Like, I would do it. It's all yeah. good. Um, it's such a banger, though, anyways, dude. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then also, um, next Sunday is the deadline for the first initial drafts of our essays. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I need to start, start that. No, that? I know, me too. Uh, I'm not, or uh, we're not, they're not due until October, what did you say? Um, October, October, 6th? Uh, October 5th. Okay. Yeah, they do October 5th. Um, all right, everyone, make sure you do your essays. They're due October 5th. Well, I was actually thinking maybe we could discuss a little hey bit. guys, people... I did too much homework. I only did half of the essay. <laughs> I know. I wanted to discuss, actually, to see if anybody um, wanted to break, do a little bit of brainstorming together. Because I, be I honestly... Okay. Um, yeah. Like, your own ideas, no. if you had things you wanted to talk about or bring up or, you yeah. know. Let's talk about microwave. Um... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> no, that was we. I, I'm. We, we were joking that psychoanalysis of microwaves. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, he's doing that. We need to talk about microwave. <laughs> That's the title. <laughs> yeah, we need to talk about microwave. <laughs> Why is microwave such an interesting, weird person? Uh. <laughs> he. I feel like there's like he has some buried shit, some some buried experiences. He's uh, oh, I mean, he's, he's literally in a he's yeah, like, he's in a cult. Cult. yeah, and he's like he's still like, in the pro- yeah, he's he like in really the process of leaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's got some shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's also young. Yeah. How did he just? Yeah. How I just want to know how this man got into dreg, got into the dreg. <laughs> I know, right? I want to know, dude. How did any of us get here? How did any of us get here? I was on a walk with a friend, and they were just like, yo, you know Drag, right? Yeah. He has a Discord now. And we went on it, and we went into the voice chat, and it was just a fucking mess. It was oh, so... Listen, I can see yeah. how all of you got here. All of you are trying to make sense how you got here. Like, it's oh, reasonable yeah. enough for all of you. How microwave? How Because microwave said that he's really different in real life, but didn't really explain how. Yeah, dude, that's so weird. Like, that, is, that is an odd thing to say, I will say that. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I, what if he's like a child? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's, he's literally. I've actually I've, seen him. I've yeah, seen I have too. Yeah, he's yeah. not. Um, I think it's just because he was in a cult. He is like he just he and the, now he doesn't believe in it, but he still has to pretend. He just yeah. acts like 
he just like acts oh. really differently. So, so, so he enjoys the escapism of just being able to be a complete and utter dumbass so. for fun. I think I'm so. gonna be honest. It's it's so fun just being a complete and utter dumbass for like multiple hours straight. It's like one of the most yeah. enjoyable things. Yeah. Ever, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah. No, it really yeah. is. I just live my life that way, perfectly honest. <laughs> 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 You're just perpetually drunk. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm high on life, guys. Okay. Uh, Do you guys, did I tell you guys about my spiritual orgasm a little while ago? I think you know. Oh, yeah, no, I <laughs> just had a moment is this, where is I was... God, God started, like... Just no, no, no. You? Yeah. I was just, I was just, I was liking to work and I was just overcome with like, um, just a feeling of like, it wasn't a, it was like, I think the best term I could come up with the spiritual orgasm because it wasn't yeah, like, a, and isn't that why you were reading Nietzsche in a VC? Yes. <laughs> like, yes. And like I felt over, I felt really full of like my will to power, you know, or whatever. Like I just felt like very like yeah, it was great. It was a good feeling. I mean, I thought everything was it was it was cool. Nice. It was cool. It's good stuff. Um, Freedom having a religious experience be like. It wasn't religious though. <laughs> it wasn't religious. It was just um. Dude, come on, who hasn't? Yeah, dude, you were talking about it on August 31st. I literally just, like, searched in the, uh, server Uber mentioned found it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, that's what it felt like, the Uber mention in Nirvana, you know? It was great. That was good stuff. Um, <laughs> highly recommended. All you have to do is just Constantly appreciate and love the world and find beauty in everything about it. That's all you have to do. It's, uh, works pretty well. I don't know, that sounds like a lot of work. Um, it's just like basically meditation, honestly, is what I, is like the most analogous thing, I would say. You know, you like meditate, have a meditation of love for existence. It's, it works pretty well. Um, and like, I mean, like every day, like when I'm, like almost every day, you know, I look at the, the sky is a big one for me. The clouds are so beautiful where I live. Like the sky, mm. oh, I just, I just look at it and I think, oh, it's so beautiful. And like, that's a good way to kickstart, you know, uh, a positive experience. Um, but then you just be, but you have to be, but you have to actively be able to do that. At everything, you know, it's not just something that's easily immediately beautiful. For instance, like me sitting at my desk, just looking at the mess of just technological pieces of shit, like everywhere, you know, my cords and then my salad bowl and like all this shit. But then you you look at it and you say, wow, this is actually kind of beautiful in a way. Mm-hmm. Like there's beauty to be found in it. Like the paper sitting here, you know. I mean, like, it just, you look at it and you find beauty in it and appreciate it and you latch onto that feeling and you just see it everywhere. It's a really, um, again, I would say it's analogous to meditation because it's not necessarily that I automatically find it beautiful, but you can meditate it to make it so that you genuinely feel it is beautiful, even if it's not your immediate reaction. And this is interesting. Um, 
Uh, there's a Buddhist author named Brad Warner, mm-hmm. and when he talks about enlightenment, he basically says that it's that, like being able to like see the present moment as this like perfect, beautiful one. Yeah, thing. I mean, I, congratulations, I, I, freedom! You've that. become enlightened. Well, I mean, the thing is, first of all, I was inspired a little. I mean, like, I think there's some inspiration there from Buddhism, even if it wasn't like I didn't do a bunch of research and come to that. I I acknowledge the similarities. I'm aware of the similarities to that. But also, um, it's not like I am constantly in that state, right? It's a state that I can achieve um, in moments, or maybe it might come organically for some reason or another. um, But it's something that, you know, it's not like I've achieved enlightenment. It's like you can just have these moments and like sort of meditate yourself into it. Um, mm-hmm. um, I think it's really positive. Yeah, that's that's another thing. Like with Buddhism, enlightenment is not a thing that happens. It's kind of a process that you work to get yourself <laughs> in and re-enter. What's so funny, Riemann? <laughs> in a VC tense. Oh. Uh oh. <laughs> Wait, what are these these little characters? It's from Among Us. It's pretty fun. Among Us, what's that? It's a game. <laughs> this game is a metaphor for the working class. Okay. Dude. I don't think I can get this because. <laughs> Wait, what is Among Us? Game. Is it like one of those mafia games? Uh, yeah, kinda. We were playing it in a queer unity yesterday with some buddies. Uh, Frank was there. You were there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah that was fun. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm not tripping. You were there. Yeah, yeah, I was there. It seems like a really enjoyable game to play with you guys, although also a really infuriating game to play with you guys. Yeah. Why? What kind of, what is the game? It's like, a mafia-style shit. So, I don't know uh, what that have, means. So you have crewmates who just do like tasks around the map, and then you have imposters that try to like shame them, right? And mm-hmm. basically, when you find a body, you can like uh, vote on who you think did it, and then like throw them out, kill them. And it's like a super simplified version, but there's more to it than that, and it's pretty fun. Did you guys see, did anyone <laughs> play like Town of Salem? Oh, dude, oh. that's another fun one. I, I, Town of Salem, like, it's not free to play anymore. Apparently, there's, like, a, been, like, a massive decline in, like, people playing it. We should love play that board. It seems fun, though. Oh. Town of Salem, that's, I would just play that constantly in high school. Yeah, I missed same. it. I missed Dude, it. I remember, like, I went over to, like, uh, one of my buddies. We would, like, play that game. And, like, one of us would, like, have to be the, uh, like, I don't know, moderator, I guess. And he, like, printed out, like, little cards and shit with, like, the rolls and whatnot. And it was fun as hell, man. Nice. It would just, like, sit there, like, in a circle and shit and just play the game. And it, it was fun, dude. So, um... Just to bring it back, did you guys, any of you guys want to sort of discuss some of your essay ideas or brainstorm or like ask for help or anything? Um, Yeah, so like, uh, you know, what what did you have to say? Like, or what did you want to go over? Um, If somebody had anything specific. Hmm. 
don't, I don't know if there's anything I need to bounce off of people yet. Okay. Because, like, I have my topic, and I know pretty much what I'm going to say, but oh, most okay. of it is, like, how to articulate it. Do you yes. want to try and articulate it to us or not? Um, I think I have at various points. Um, it's just different in writing. So, like, my what I'm doing is kind of an argument um, against using, like, ethical frameworks to make moral decisions. Um, which I think I've kind of talked about that before. Yeah. But like, can't reverse engineer the process you, you use for your own comfort. And yes, an ethical framework can be fed back into the system and give you just a greater sense of moral fulfillment in general. But by, there isn't, it, there isn't anything inherent to the idea of a moral framework that would allow that to happen to any greater degree than not than getting, making your moral decisions based on existing intuitions. And there's, it's not going to be inherently better because, um, or unless, unless you do value consistency, but that's not a universal value. And that generally my point is that I guess society at large places too much of an emphasis on it, hmm. um, for individual decision making. Like for communication, it's obviously useful. It's that whole thing that I've, yeah, I've yeah, talked yeah, about yeah. before. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Ozzy, are you going to participate? Yes, I am. Do you want to talk about your topic at all? Or? Um, first of all, just, just a question. Uh, Ryman, are yes. you doing stuff on the self too? Yes, I am. All right. So we are in direct competition with each other. I'm <laughs> direct competition with all of us. I don't think I mean, that, like, there's any way that what we will write about is, like, even if we write about, like, this, like, for instance, something I'm actually thinking about doing my moral, my intuitive deontology or something about gotcha. um, how morality is selfish. I think I might actually mm-hmm. write about that or expression of the self. Um, and we're, so we're both talking about morality, and it is similar because it's sort of a rejection of you know, try to come up with a concrete, consistent, internally consistent, like, you know, logical, foundational, ethical framework or whatever. Um, but I don't think that, I don't think that it's an issue. I don't think that it will detract from either of our essays the fact that there's someone else writing about the same thing. I think they're still going to be really different and unique, and it's not going to oh, be yeah, like, um, I don't think it's possible for us to have too much of an overlap. Um, yeah, I, I agree, but it's also like, oh, who, two people tackled the same basic thing. Which one is more persuasive? Yeah, dude, I feel bad. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. But I think, like, you, that shouldn't, you shouldn't worry about it. Even if it's, like, it's yeah. reasonable to worry about it, I don't think you need to in this case. But, yeah, I'm, I'm basically going to do something on, well, you're, Ryman, you're doing something in, about the self in relation to irony, I'm doing something on the self in relation to capitalism. Okay. Oh, okay. Wait, are you looking more into how the self relates to other things? Um, kind of? Hold on, I mean, guys. I'm, I'm doing, basically, I don't want to, like, divulge my complete thesis, but I am going to argue 
that a capitalist like framework of society is like based on a malformed view of the self. Okay. That's cool. Uh, so yeah, I feel like that sounds like it's more looking at the relationship between the individual and, uh, economic systems around them, right? Yes. I'm looking more into how the self interacts with itself. I think I'm going to, I, I think I'm going to touch on that, but like I said, I'm going to be using that as like a jumping off point to talk yeah, about Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's my entire That's my entire shit all right. How the self views itself and how uh and why the self views itself that way and proposing mechanisms in which the uh self copes with uh some of these things. Gotcha. Alright. So like depending on so like depending on how we go with it, maybe our paper maybe your paper could be like a jumping off point of time. <laughs> maybe. That might be interesting. Yeah. I don't know, sometimes, like, that's the thing I find in, like, workshops and, like, we're, if people, like, are submitting things with each other, there's generally, like, really weird coincidences that happen. And what do you mean? I don't really think there's anything super coincidental about our papers, both involving the self, because the self is a very common topic. Oh, definitely. But, like, I don't know, it's weird, but, like, I, you know, in, like, my creative writing major, we would do, like, workshops. And the workshops would be random. But sometimes, like, oh, we have three crime pieces. Oh, here are three experimental pieces. Here are three romance pieces. And it's like, you don't plan it out like that. But it just kind of happens. Okay, I know what you mean. Yeah.